What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 50. We plan nothing special for it at all. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm great, Greg. How are you? I'm great, too. You got your little chamois all set to go? Yeah, this one's got... Oh, like, it's got the texture to the yeah, chamois here. This it works really nicely. You like that? Is it getting more? Is it getting more of the dirt off your glasses? I think so. How long have you had these glasses? A while, like I just, a few years, probably. I just bought these glasses. Yeah. I bought them right before Kind of Funny Live. Yeah. Got them. Prescription too strong. Had to give them back. Had to get them dialed down. Then I've just been moving so much, I haven't been able to get back over there. I noticed, though, over in the Kind of Funny Live poster we put up in the in the office, you still had these. They had the little they had the same little thing on it. The little side guy. The little silver right, side guy. Right, right. You've had those a while. These are actually two glasses ago. And then I went... You went with those blue. When, yeah. when I went with the, what, They're around. I was wearing them both. And then I just... I don't know. I don't care anymore. So, you know. You just let I, the blue steel go yeah, live their life. Just, wherever they yeah, end up, exactly. they end up. Yeah, exactly. So it's... it's uh, you know, these are the ones I've settled on, and we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. You thinking about shaking it up sometime? No. I've always wanted red frames, but I just don't think I can pull no, them off. don't do that. No? Can't no. do that? You don't think I can pull it off? Big frames and colored frames, tip, like, unless they're, like, very earthy colors, you can't you can't have big frames. You can't have colored frames, unless you really want to be, like, a Harry Carey huge fucking frames. dork or whatever. Harry Carey wasn't a huge fucking dork. He was a Chicago like, landmark if treasure. If your lenses are, like, dominating your face, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know that you not necessarily want to go down that road. Okay. I appreciate your glasses advice. Thanks. I like your game advice too. Colin, what have you been playing lately? Uh I don't even know. Oh, I beat uh I beat Headlander. Oh, thoughts? It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, really, really nice Metroidvania. What I'm impressed about with that particular game is the um is the design of it in the sense that there's a million different ways that game could break. And, oh, really? and they must have been very deliberate in designing it in order to not let it break. Yeah, because you're the, the idea of the game is that you're a disembodied head that can attach itself to like all sorts of machines basically and the machines all have like these colors that allow you to open doors and close doors and stuff and there it must have been a very com complicated game to design sure because um, I was shocked that I never broke it mm -hmm. um, you thought you'd get into a room you can get out exactly of and like yeah. there was always a way to like advance or go so I, I you know I mean it, it, Double Fine is not a dumb studio I mean well, they don't make dumb. games but I feel like that was a probably very complicated game from that perspective to be like wow like we really do have to think of every little angle here um, I got like 80 percent of the trophies um maybe i'll go back and platinum it i don't know but I, it's one of my favorite games of the year i think i, wow. I think it's uh wow really satisfying 70s kind of even 60s 70s kind of sci-fi aesthetic it's silly um there's a let's play fun. up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games we'll annotate to it at the it's end of very, this episode very satisfying game um i also saw you playing the inside out there played about half of inside thoughts uh i like it i, I think that it's um what's so the cool thing about, from the design aesthetic of this particular game and just the design philosophy of a particular game like this is Play Dead took a really long time making it. So, yeah. you know, Limbo was a huge success, a financial success. They made a lot of money. They're a small team. So they were able to really kind of like take their time and be very deliberate. And this game is probably only three hours long or so. Um, but what, what's really cool about it, you know, when you, you run into, I don't know exactly how to explain this, but when you run into something in a game and you're like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen or the designer didn't anticipate that you were going to do this or... Um, it just something's not natural or not right. Like every little thing in this particular game seems to be there for a reason. Like mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. the way he, the way the boy interacts with a wall or uh, for me, it was the first time you run from the dog and it looks like it's about to get you, but it's just timed out enough where you're right. going to get away no matter what. But we're going to introduce the mechanic that these dogs can kill you. I think it's a pretty interesting um, game from that perspective. Now I've not, I've not gotten more than I think halfway through it or whatever. And I'm starting to, there's like, a, I'm at a puzzle now that's, 
an elevator that goes up and down three shafts. And oh, yeah, you got, pretty, I know exactly. You gotta, you, you so got I'm, the whole to, I'm not very good it. at puzzle games. So, yeah. Um, but I think that that's my one big takeaway is that I, the game, first of all, I, I described it on Twitter as a, as a game that feels like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. I can see um, that and which is cool. I love the Twilight Zone. I'm a huge Rod Serling fan. And, uh, also, again, just like those little things, like everything seems to be there for a very specific reason. It doesn't just exist. And I think mm-hmm. you can only do that when you really make a smaller game, I think, over an extended period of time. And they probably played and played and played and played and played and, and refined and refined because they had the, uh, the luxury to do that. What I'm most curious about is how the game's doing and uh, if they'll kind of replicate the success of Limbo because I kind of think Limbo is a... Uh, I mean, I think this game so far is better than Limbo, but I... But Mechanically, I, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like Limbo is lightning in a bottle, and I don't know that they're necessarily going to be able to replicate that kind you of You figure success. when Limbo comes out right, and I'm talking about the, its initial release on Xbox and PC, not PlayStation, mm-hmm. which came later, comes out, and it is one of the it is one of the first games, I think, where we were first had to check what we thought of downloadable games, right? Because for, for years leading up to that, right, it was always, it's really good for a downloadable game. Oh, it, it, what's game of the year? It would be this, but for a downloadable game, you should think about these games. Right. And it, Limbo came around, and it was, we're here, we're a real game, you're going to get crazy about this. Yeah, I think it was like 2009, 2010 was when we really started to... Uh, uh, Shadow Complex and certain other games, yeah. or Flower, um, where we really started to like look at uh, a game, at those kinds of games differently. So that was good. And then, and then I downloaded Overcooked, and I've been playing that. Ah, fuck Overcooked. Uh, so, the, so the thing about it's tearing o- your relationship apart. Though, the, right? the thing about Overcooked is that it's like really bad to play with. Like Aaron and I can't play it together. Like, I, and it's my fault. I get really mad at her. Like I'm a, she's still new to games, and and so she's learning how to play, and I'm getting really frustrated. Yeah, because like, yeah, yeah. it's like a very you have to really rely on each other. Oh yeah, Overcooked's great. One I put it on my list, right? One of my favorite games for PlayStation. Of yeah, the co-op and how quickly it does become like. You, what you'd put in a commercial if you're gonna shoot like the cheesy 90s commercial where the kids are playing like I'm chopping the tomatoes what do you do what? You'd, you actually talk that way when you play right. Overcooked because it's so good yeah it's it's fun I, I, I'm i curious about how it plays by yourself and all that I haven't done it yet yeah um, me neither actually so uh yeah, so I've been playing that, and then I, you know, I've been I've been kind of dwelling on the idea. Like I have a few codes to play. I, I messed around with Deus Ex very briefly. I yeah. played it for. It is literally another one of those things like that happened with Hyperlight Drifter, where I'm like, nah. Yeah. Like 15 minutes in, I'm like, I don't think if so. It doesn't hit you. Doesn't yeah, and I just deleted it off my console. Well, like I don't, I don't. Well, just because I'm, I'm just like uh, salty earth. So like what I'm playing around with now is like I, I for some reason I have Final Fantasy VII on the mind in like oh. a major way. Um, also, Pure Solar is a game that I've been wanting to get back to. So I, I kind of just am in that RPG mood. Um, and then we'll get into it later. I mean. There's some games that are coming out that are that are interesting, but yeah, I kind of just feel like I want to play Final Fantasy VII. I feel like you know, I'm in a weird headspace, and I feel like I want to play something I'm familiar with, Comfort but that food, I yeah, but that, that I haven't. But easier. that's been a long time. I mean, yeah, I haven't really played Final Fantasy VII since high school, so sure. Um, so that was a long time ago. So yeah, I mean, that, I I think that basically basically covers it. Yeah. Colin, I can't stop playing No Man's Sky. I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. No, I'm having such a good time with it. it this, uh, you know, we I've been traveling a lot, so I've been popping back and forth. I'd had the big uh, sat with the big Saturday a couple weeks ago where I got I sat down and played for like nine hours or eight hours, and then yesterday was one of those two where a big Sunday as I call them. Sat down and played it. Played it on Saturday as well, and just like to the point now, I am doing the thing where I'm sitting there playing the pod, playing Death, Sex, and Money, the podcast, and just chilling out, going out there, mining my emerald, getting all my inventory slots. Totally simple gameplay loop. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm continuing to play it, but it is comfort, right? That's the big thing of like, well, PAX is this week. I'm getting ready to go on that. 
I don't feel like starting into Deus Ex just to have to leave that and get into it. But I'm already, what, 20 some hours now right. into No Man's Sky. I know the world. I know what I'm building. I like the idea of just building it. I'm finally, I, I named a planet, Planet Castro, in, in, you know, for our friend Eric Castro. I'm going through naming all these things, seeing all these things, trying to find every animal on there, not leaving it yet. I'm glad you like it. The game is, uh, I've never seen um, a game fall from grace quite like this. Right. Uh, and uh, it seems like you are in the minority of vocal people. Now, I vocal think you're probably the big part. I think probably in the majority of people that are enjoying the game yeah. but people really fucking hate that game seems giving out their refunds now there's all these different things going on but that was the thing i noticed too is that when i i've been gone for so long that yeah the twitter sentiment sentiment had switched over to fuck no man's sky and i tweeted about it last night how much i'm enjoying it and i had a whole bunch of kids hit me i'm like oh it's cool to see somebody else is i'm enjoying it as well and i know when it first came out McCaffrey was tweeting about how much she was liking. Susan was tweeting about how much she was liking it. Like, there are definitely hardcore people out there that are playing it, but it has been interesting to see how quickly everybody was like, wait a second, we got screwed. But I think it goes back to like we talked about with expectations. Yeah, I we think, knew Kevin and I, Big Dog Kevin knew what we were getting into. Yeah, but see, this is where I think the you know I talked about it a bit on the exclusive games cast um, with Daniel Dwyer, where I'm like, I kind of feel bad for Hello Games and yeah. Sean Murray in a way. But then you see videos and, and, and Jim Jim Sterling did a really nice Jimquisition about about just like, all right, so like what what's going on with this game? Are the, 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 where does the where does the ball lie? Yeah, so like that. And, and he was like, yeah, basically like and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, basically like Sean Murray's kind of full of shit. And like he did talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And like, it was going to happen. And, that didn't happen. He's super cagey and super fucking weird. Like when you watch those interviews, like they just straight seem to have lied about some things or at least remove things along the way. But even late in the game, like kind of talking about what's in the game is like that, that. I, I i just i think that i think that hello i've always thought that everyone was complicit including the gamer including the media but yeah. i actually think hello games is hello games particular complicity is is um at a higher level than i had originally given it credit i for. want to bring in a question here from kind of funny.com slash psq where you can post your questions just like killer nine millimeter did whose real name is luca so we're going to call him Luca, because I don't want to advertise guns like that. You know what I mean? Sure. We get enough of that here. Hi, Greg and Colin. Greetings from Croatia. I have a question about No Man's Sky, specifically about the way Sean Murray and Hello Games handled the whole backlash of missing features after the game was released. I was impressed by the concept of No Man's Sky when it was first revealed. I was looking forward to playing it, but was in no way hyped. However, after I got the game, I am really enjoying it, but it feels a little bit hollow. Like, there is no real purpose in the game. At first, I didn't understand why everybody was complaining so much about the game, calling Sean a liar. But after seeing the Sean Murray interviews and trailers, one thing was clear. The game was falsely advertised. Developers were showing and talking about dozens of features which were ultimately not in the game. Hell, even on the Colbert show late, late last year, Murray talked about the ability to see other players, sand planets, giant worms, portals, huge space, ba space battles, and numerous other features that aren't really in the game. Murray has been quiet about everything for almost two weeks, and boy, he has some explaining to do. I understand they are a really small team, but the features missing were talked about and showed since revealing the game until a few months ago. He even addressed old trailers in a post on the official site a day before releasing, saying how happy he is that Hello Games could deliver content shown in the trailers and even improve on it. This is not some small feature absence like fingerless gloves shown in trailers for GTA 4 and then missing from the final game. When people lost their minds, like it's a game-changing feature. Considering everything, full retail price is very questionable for No Man's Sky. My questions are... How do you think Murray and Hello Games should approach the situation, and should the game even be $60? Stay awesome. Luca, congratulations on the 50-episode milestone. Here's to 50 more. A lot in there. But I think it's he speaks to something you were bringing up in the fact that, sure, last year, Sean's on Colbert, Sand Planets, multiplayer, all this other stuff, right? 
there was no messaging. I would I've, if we would have gotten closer release and he had they would have come out and been like a lot of stuff isn't there. This got cut. I know I talked about that. We're still planning on it. That's where I think you earn that goodwill. Mm. When you don't and you just released the game and it isn't what people were expecting. Granted, I think we knew a long, long time ago this game was not going to be what people were expecting it to be or what people were talking about it. That's when you get into more issues, I think. Dangerous I mean, territory. I, I'm, the one thing is that I said that not only was it not what it was going to be, I, I said it was going to disappoint massive amounts of people. And and. and and so it has. Uh, I think that uh, what should they do? I think I. I mean, honestly, I think that they should apologize. Yeah. Like I think that um, you. Ha- it's important to take uh, responsibility for the things you've done wrong, or at least misled people. And I can see. See, like I would give them the benefit of the doubt until like it takes just the internet sleuths just a little while to figure out what actually was said and what was actually done. And it seems like a lot of things are missing. And so I, I, I feel like uh, I, the price point of the game doesn't bother me. $60 for the game doesn't seem to be actually that inappropriate, um, in my opinion. But I agree. But the, the bigger thing is 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 what's missing and do people get what they thought they they were going to get. This also just brings me back to like, why do you know? And I guess it's easy for me to say from a place of some some sort of economic privilege where I get a lot of these games. Well, we get our games for free and we get them early. But if I were back on the consumer side, it's like, why would you not just wait? Like, this really could have been alleviated. A lot of people's problems with this game could have been alleviated if you just waited a week. Sure. You know, and realized that it wasn't what, what it's meant to be. What I'm most curious about is how is the game selling? Is Sony happy with it? It just seems like everyone's kind of quiet. And, and there are I weird- want to see the refund statistics. That's what I'm very, yeah, very interested in. There's a lot of mixed mixed signaling about like P- people getting, disc- you know, getting PSN or Sony to give money back. That Steam was making exceptions, but then that, that the, like, because you can get your money back, I think, if you play the game for less than two hours. But, yeah. excuse me, but I think that, uh, I think that that's not even necessarily true. So I, I don't know. I, I what I'm most curious about, yeah, is, is the stickiness of the game and ha- who's playing it and how, how people are enjoying it and are they like overall happy? Is this just a lot of noise? Because um, that, that's unclear to me. I, I don't know the answer to that question. What I do know is, um, you know, for instance, uh, one of the things I think Jim Sterling highlighted was, you know, the first day or the first couple of days, these two guys on a stream or on the same planet. Um, oh, yeah, that they found sh- each other and and they couldn't see each other. There was no evidence that the other person was there, even though they said that you know Sean Murray, I think, had said something like, um, "It's going to be rare, but it should be possible." Like something you know, some, uh, it, you know, not verbatim. Um, and then they No Man's Sky account tweets out like, "We didn't expect this to happen on the first day," and I'm like, "It fucking didn't happen on the first day. It didn't happen at all. Like they, they didn't see each other. They're yeah, not yeah. there." Yeah, yeah. And then there was all this evidence or all this talk, but then it kind of vacillates about like people shit just getting erased, going back to the same planet and finding that it's just the names yeah, are gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then some people are like, well, I restarted it a few times and then the names came back and stuff. But either way, I'm like, this is a mess. What a mess. What yeah. a fucking mess of a game. I mean, for me, you know, he's, he's uh, Lucas saying, you know, what should Sean and Hello Games in particular do to approach the situation? For me, I agree that I think they need to come out and be honest, right? We've seen your complaints. We don't necessarily agree. This is what we meant. Here's where this got out of control. But we're sorry that we're apologizing for this. But then stress the fact that, and this is, I think this is wishful thinking on my part, but I do think based on the conversation Kevin and I had with Sean at E3 is the fact that we understand we didn't meet so many of your expectations this week or this year, this, this launch. As patches come, we're going to get to that, to what you wanted or what we what we've always envisioned for the game because I stand by the fact that I do think that six months from now, a year from now, eighteen months from now, this game looks decidedly different. And do you ever get to having you and I run into each other on the same planet? I don't know, but I mean, I do think you'll get to 
new new here's your sand planet here's this thing here's that I think by the, I think about by that point it's too late I think that this game is gonna be a cautionary tale see the, the the unfortunate thing about this and I think we've discussed this in the past is that the only unfortunate thing about this is that this is gonna have some sort of chilling effect on boldness of games because people are gonna be like well I hope that people don't walk away from this um, thinking let me back up it's like what I say about Donald Trump sometimes right yeah. like Donald Trump's an asshole and an idiot right yeah. But his brashness and his differences and his and his and his stance from the outside of the political spectrum isn't what's wrong with him. It's that he doesn't know how to run a campaign, doesn't know how to be a decent human being. I hope that people don't take away from that lesson in 2020 and 2024 that you can't run from outside the apparatus, that you can't be brash, that you can't say what's on your mind, right? And it's a similar kind of comparison with No Man's Sky, where I hope the takeaway isn't like, don't do things differently and don't do things boldly and don't do things ambitiously. I hope that's not the takeaway. The takeaway should be um, be honest, be honest and 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 don't overpromise. And from a marketing perspective, there's much to be learned about the way this game was showcased, too. So um, Sony's silence is almost as staggering as uh, as, you know, as Hello Games is general st- you know, silence as of this point, because if I were them, I would write, you know, uh, I didn't put it in the news, but uh, Respawn had written this huge blog post about Titanfall 2's beta and how a lot of people have fucking hated it and thought it was terrible. And and they like addressed like this is what happened and this is what's changed and this is what happens and this is what we're going to fix and all those kinds of things. And then Sean Murray and those guys should just make up, take the time, make a blog post that's several thousand words can be a missive for all I care and just be like this is here's your complaints and this is why this is missing give us I think a glimpse behind the curtain of being like we did have multiplayer functioning for instance I don't know if that's true sure but we did have this or like the space battle thing that everyone points out where you can take part or choose sides or ignore it or whatever and everyone's like what the fuck are you talking about it's like well like (laughs) all I do is get chased by sentinels and pirates when I try to go drop off my stuff and here's like the the, the thing everyone talks about with like the brontosaurus looking creatures and 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 like well this is why like you just have to explain I, I think that do the course of game development things start you know we often hear from game developers that things start broadly and then they get narrowed down and that's always why sequels are fun for them because or oftentimes because then they're like oh we can actually do what we initially right. wanted to do yeah what is that for when we talk to our developer friends there was like 20 percent of what you want doesn't happen in your game right so it's so they, they could but i also think that the 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 clock is is ticking it's probably it's, already coming yeah. gone right because that's the point is like for the as much bile and hate is there is in the game's fan enthusiast ecosystem we live in whether it be twitter facebook or whatever right gamers for the most part are an understanding bunch if you would have come out a week two weeks before this and been like hey we're releasing no man's sky and we've seen that you've run the expectations have run away and even if you don't want to say that just be like here's the e3 demo we showed here's what's not happening in that it's it sucks to have hat in hand and eat some crow but it actually wins you the goodwill in the end because people are like, okay, now I know what I'm getting into. Thank you. Make the game. Keep working on the patches. We're, we'll be there for you. But when you go silent, I mean, like, honestly, it's kind of like us, right? It was kind of funny when we promise something and then it blows up in our face. The animated series takes too long. If we don't say anything, people get understandably angry about it. When we post, all right, here's why it's not happening. Here's how we're trying to fix it. We're going to be back on track eventually, but bear with us. Everybody's like, no problem. Thanks for the update. That's all it is. Just like love and sex stuff, communication. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this... Is PSI Love You XOXO. It is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation Podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, and it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come rain or shine. If you like all that, go to kindoffunny.com and subscribe to all the YouTube channels. There's only two of them. Listen to all the other podcasts. There are a bunch of them. And hang out with us at PAX. That's right. A whole bunch of stuff is happening for us at PAX. Go to kindoffunny.com slash PAX. You can find out what we're doing, where we're doing it. There's panels. There's a party. You can win copies of deus ex it's gonna be it's gonna be fun 
Come hang out. Colin. Yes. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are eight items on the list. A baker's dozen. Number one. PlayStation Now is officially coming to PC. This major announcement comes by way of the PlayStation blog, which confirms that PlayStation 3 games will be playable on your computer. This is a massive move by Sony, which is basically allowing a vast slice of their exclusive library to be playable on a non-PlayStation device for the first time ever. Uncharted, God of War, Ratchet and Clank, The Last of Us, Journey, and some 400 other games will be available to PC players upon PlayStation Now's launch. Cool, correct? I think so. Yeah, I do too. They're putting out the little adapter for your DualShock 4, so you can get on there, you can play your stuff. But it gets exciting, yeah, because you have PlayStation Now, you have your ability of a remote play now from your PC. You don't have to take the PlayStation 4 with you. You can take whatever. you And also, if you aren't some, if you are a, one of these PC gamers who never had a PlayStation 3, shame on you. But now you can finally go try all this stuff. Get an interest in the PlayStation ecosystem. Get ready for that Neo, that Trinity. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that uh, it's... Uh a cool little thing. I think it may, puts the PlayStation Now slash Gaikai acquisition in a little more perspective. Do you think um, they make a, they, that this I makes this a big gonna, enough impact? To I, think make it be, I think it's going to be very big. Okay. Uh, compar- you know, comparatively, I don't know if it's going to be big generally, but I think that it's going to have much more resonance on PC than it is on than it does you know on, on sure PS3. I can see that I think well, honestly when they open it up and you can play PlayStation Four games you know of some kind off of the PlayStation Now library on a PC that's when things really get yeah nice. I wonder if they'll always be a generation behind yeah to protect their hardware. Oh my god. I apologize. Number two. As you said, in conjunction with the PlayStation Now on PC announcement, Sony will be releasing a DualShock 4 USB wireless adapter for $24.99 that will allow wireless connection of your DualShock 4 to your PC for use with PlayStation Now and presumably other games. Everything on it will work, including Rumble, the touchpad, and the gyros. Um, so that's pretty cool. No more drivers. No one have to worry about that. Yeah, we'll see. That, that was always my thing when I tried to use a DualShock on the PlayStation 4, <clears throat> not on the PC. Number three, as you know by now, the PlayStation 4 Slim model has leaked and it is in the wild. What's now coming out about the device is that it apparently comes with a new, slightly redesigned DualShock 4 controller. The major redesign has to do with the light bar, which now shines through the side of the controller facing you through a small see-through sliver in the plastic. Other anecdotal information about the controller has been circulating, such as better battery life, but none of that has been confirmed. I hope it's got better battery life. We'll likely know more at the September 7th PlayStation meeting in New York City. We'll be streaming a pre-show, post-show, and then reactions during show right here. On Twitch.tv says kind of funny games, which isn't right here, but you understand. Just go to kindoffunny.com. Number four, you've waited long enough. Sony has finally launched two-step verification for PlayStation Network accounts, and will ro- and will work across PlayStation Four, PlayStation Three, and PlayStation Vita. Two-step verification, should you want to utilize it for obvious security reasons, can be activated on the official PlayStation website. Insane! It's taken this long. Yep. Welcome. I enjoy it. I've been using it, but holy crap! Still, it's finally here. I guess good. And that's great. I'm glad it's here. It's taken a few moments. Yeah. Let's see. Number five. Details about Resident Evil 7 have been leaked by the ESRB. If you don't want to hear any spoilers, you'll want to turn this off for a moment. Here's the exact verbatim description of the game from the ESRB as related by Gamatsu. Quote, This is a survival horror game in which players assume the role of Ethan, a man searching for his missing wife in a derelict mansion. From a first-person perspective, players explore the environment and use pistols, shotguns, flamethrowers, explosives, and chainsaws to kill mutant creatures. Combat is accompanied by realistic gunfire, screams of pain, and exaggerated blood splatter effects. As players progress through the story, cutscenes can depict instances of gore and intense acts of violence. A character's arm dismembered by a chainsaw, a man's leg taken off at the knee with a shovel, a character impaled through the face with a shovel. Some areas also depict mutilated corpses with exposed organs slash viscera. The words fuck and shit Ho! are heard in the dialogue, end quote. God. Damn. So that's everything we know about Resident Evil 7 right now. Colin, mm. your boy Evan 
wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and says, hey, Colin and Greg. Hello. I was recently at PlayStation's Road to Greatness event, and I got to try out PlayStation VR for the first time. I decided to try out Resident Evil 7 because that was the demo I was most interested in. Unfortunately, when my time was up, I was left with a few concerns about PlayStation VR and RE7. For example, every time I would hit the right stick, I would jerk it would jerk my viewpoint in that direction. This was the only way to turn around, and it just felt weird and unnatural to me. It didn't make me sick or anything, but I was just wondering, is this how most VR games are going to work, or is it just this particular demo? The game also seemed pretty blurry to me, and I left the demo feeling a bit underwhelmed. Have you guys had similar experiences using VR slash RE7? Would love your thoughts. P.S. It was awesome seeing you guys in Denver. Come back anytime. Evan. I feel like we've discussed this in the past, haven't we? With the, the effects of VR on... What, control schemes? Yeah, like that. I mean, we've. I mean, honestly, if you've listened to one of these shows, you listen right. to all of them. I think. Well, well I don't know. Wait, what do you think? I mean, here, I think for him, is this going to be the way all VR games play? No, of course not. I think you're going to find that as we get into the PlayStation VR and VR lifecycle in general, people are going to try a bunch of shit and figure it out as they go. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's how RE7 ships and you don't like it and people complain about it, that they then patch it and put it out. Uh, we're in a new territory here for PlayStation VR. I should say for gaming in general. We have to learn how to walk again. Developers have to learn how to talk to us again. And as they do that, we're going to have some learning curves like this. Uh, I have noticed, of course, that yes, games are blurry. PlayStation VR... The screen isn't crystal clear. Still looks great, I think. I'm still going to play games on it every time. Yeah, so I think a lot of the un- so the unfortunate thing about the blurriness and all that kind of stuff and the and the nature of the fidelity of the of the device and how you see it really has to do with how you're wearing it as well and it sucks mm-hmm. because the person putting it on you at these events like can't quite know that what it's you're right seeing. and so you might think it's right. It's it's when you get home it's, and fuck it's around massively with it. Complicated. When you get home and fuck around with it and you move it around and you tighten it up, you'll get better experiences when it's yours and you're not afraid. As far as controls Don't and stuff, afraid. I think that I, I agree. I, I, there's nothing intuitive right now, right? Yeah. Like, um, we had to learn how to use dual analog sticks, for instance. Um, we used to aim in shooters by clicking sticks. Now we aim with the, the shoulders. Like no one would make you click a stick to aim anymore, right? Like what seemed natural a few years ago is no longer natural as things evolve. So I, I think that. Um, from that perspective, I think that it's 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 entirely possible that um, that yeah, like you said, things evolve and there may, might be multiple schemes and stuff. I know that um, Rigs is another game. That, oh yeah, that's Rigs. A confusing. Well, the f- thing with Rigs I always talk about is the first uh, PlayStation VR demo that I put on and got car sick in when I first did it because it's yeah, I'm moving my head to aim, but I'm still using the sticks to move the top of the body. And it was one of those where I complained about it after I was done playing, and they're like, oh well, that's just defaults is how you were playing. We have a thing like how you're talking about it. It's like oh. We're going to have to jump in and see what works, how we like it, and go on. Remember, your tip of the sword. If you're buying PlayStation VR, October, teens, your tip of the sword. You're getting in there. You're the, you're the guinea pigs to let people like Kevin over there get the, get the units they want one day and the games they want. Or maybe Kevin's kids. Number six. Dark Souls 3's DLC has leaked, but it has now been confirmed. Ashes of Ariandel or Ariandel will launch on October 25th on PlayStation 4 as well as on Xbox One and PC and will cost $14.99. Ariandel, the location noted in the title, is a frozen land in which the DLC takes place in and will contain new enemies, weapons, armor, magic, and more. And will also add new features to Dark Dark Souls 3's multiplayer. Another DLC pack is coming after Ashes of Ariandel, though it's unclear what it's called and what the nature of it will be. Number seven, Battlefield 1, which launches this fall, will not surprisingly have a season pass. <gasps> the premium pass, as it will be called, will cost $50 and will contain four expansions. The first one, due out March of 2017, is called They Shall Not Pass, which allows players to play as the French Army. A subsequent expansion will give players control of the Russian Army. Combined, the four packs will contain 16 multiplayer maps, new modes, classes, vehicles, weapons, and more. And finally, number eight is the wrap-up. Shmup Dogos comes to PlayStation 4 on September 6th. 
Card battling RPG Quarer Magic Library comes to PS4 on September 6th and is free to play. Adventure game Jazz Punk comes to PS4 on September 20th. Don't Starve Together comes to PS4 on September 13th. And finally, Dear Esther is headed to PS4 on September oh. 20th and will cost a mere $10 at launch. A steal. And that is it for the news. Colin, mm. you know I'm excited for that shmup domos. Sounds right up my alley. But that's so far away. If I wanted to know what came to the digital and retail mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of the upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and sometimes PSP software by the kind of funny co-founders. <laughs> Assault Suit Lanos comes to PS4 retail. So this is already out digitally. So as a classic reawakens, Assault Suit Lanos is back and in high definition. Get ready for all-out robotic war as the fan-favorite Genesis classic is reworked with all new HD visuals for the ultimate alien blasting experience. Assetto Corsa comes to PS4 digital and retail. This is not just a game. This is a sim. This is sim racing in collaboration with the most prestigious car manufacturers. Assetto Corsa ups the simulation stakes with a focus on pure driving realism, with pinpoint accuracy across every aspect of the game. Includes legendary laser scan tracks and official data augmented car physics. Attack on Titan comes to PS4, PS3, and Vita digital and retail. Says the international hit anime Attack on Titan is coming to PlayStation. Battle is joined between the man. Battle is joined. What the hell does that mean? Between Battle the man eating Titans and Aaron and his companions. Experience the illusion of being in the anime and controlling the flow of the story. Prepare for battle. You stoked for that one? We have it. I don't really. It's been sitting I, on the kitchen table. I don't know anything about it. I mean, I, I've been meaning to watch Attack on Titan. It's supposed to be pretty good. Bears Can't Drift comes to PS4 Digital. Put your paw to the floor and power slide between the pines as you face off against up to three friends in multiplayer split screen. Includes 12 tracks spread across three worlds and three game modes with up to 11 computer controlled opponents. Bears Can't Drift is retro karting action with a modern look and feel. Tim and I have played that on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. We had a good time with it. I'm looking forward to the final release. I like kart racers though. Sue me. Binaries comes to PS4 Digital. Test your skills and reflexes as you simultaneously guide two lovable balls through more than 100 controller smashingly tough platform challenges. Control you both love at exactly balls around. I mean, too. Control. Oh, I do. Control both at exactly the same time as you try to avoid the death and danger that awaits their every move. And there are jokes. Claire Extended Cut, which is a game I'm pretty interested in, comes to PS4 and Vita Digital Cross by. While visiting her sick mother, Claire takes a wrong turn and stumbles into a dark passage of echoing doors and abandoned rooms. Lost and attempting to find her way back. Claire encounters an overprotective dog and a few denizens who are seemingly uninterested in Claire's plight. Do they block the doors and windows to keep something out, or is a, ma- a malevolent force stopping Claire from leaving? I'm interested in this one, too. How much do you know about it? Is that it? little summary there? Because I've heard just yeah. good buzz. Good yeah. buzz. Buzz. That's all. This next one is, sounds interesting to me, too. Okay. It's called The Final Station. It ah. comes to PS4 Digital. It says, travel by train through a dying world. Look after your passengers. Keep your train operational and make sure you can always reach the next station. Make your way through swarms of infected at each stop. Explore mysterious and abandoned stations looking for supplies and survivors. That does sound good. Sounds I like trains. You like trains. I'm a I huge call train you Mr. Thing. Conductor. Four-Sided Fantasy comes to PS4 Digital. Four-Sided Fantasy is a game about pushing the limits of your screen where you can wrap from one side of the screen to the other. Discover a strange world where a man and a woman journey through four seasons in a year, constantly separated by the boundaries of the screen. That doesn't sound like fun. I want them no. to be together. Don't, let them, don't make them be separated. God Eater 2 Rage Burst comes to PS4 and Vita Digital. Uh, PS4 has retail, but not Vita. Three years after the events of God Eater Resurrection, a mysterious red rain sparks a fatal, a fatal pandemic called the Black Plague. With no established cure, this scourge has a, mor- a mortality rate of 100% once infected. Take control of the newest recruit as you master incredible weaponry, challenge enormous monsters, and cooperate with an iconic cast of characters fighting for humanity in God Eater 2 Rage Burst. You're going to play this one. It's a Vita game. I feel like we have no, to. I don't we have play. to, though, Colin. No, I don't care. But Geo's relying on us. Hatsune Miku Project Diva X comes to PS4 and Vita, digital and retail. No, I'm playing this one, of course. 
Hatsune Miku is back and bigger than ever in the upcoming rhythm game, Hatsune Miku Project Diva X. Project Diva X is driven forward through a narrative which centers on Miku and her friends undertaking various requests as they explore the five clouds that make up their world. Project Diva X has 30 songs and nearly 300 modules. I've had to do that before, too. Hugh comes to PS4 Digital. was supposed to come to Vita, but who knows where the fuck that one is. Hugh is a vibrant, <laughs> award-winning puzzle platformer where you alter the world by changing its background color. You explore a dangerous gray land, unearthing colored fragments on a journey to find your missing mother. As obstacles match the background, they disappear, creating new and exciting puzzles full of peril, mystery, and colors unseen. Did you play this one? This was a GDC demo. I can't remember. If yeah, I remember, I remember. I think I did play it. Tim liked it a lot, I know. Live Lock comes to PS4 Digital. Now, Live this is just Lock. This you, you can put your social security in this, mm-hmm. right? And then it's just said. I've seen the thing. I've seen the guy advertising during Jerry Springer. Live Lock is a cooperative top-down shooter where you play solo or with up to two allies to break the cycle of infinite war between machines. As one of the remaining capital intellects, your role is to unlock Eden and revive humanity. Nebulous comes to PS4 Digital. Nebulous is a physics-based puzzle game where you must help guide Commander Dash Johnson. Jesus. A trapped astronaut <laughs> through maze-like levels seeking the next wormhole to his eventual freedom. Jet Brody's brother. <laughs> Arrange the pieces of the puzzle so that when he falls, gravity and momentum guide him safely and probably painfully oh. to the end. One-way trip Damn coming to PS4 of, Digital. Also supposed to come to Vita. I played it like three years ago on Vita. Where, where the, the fuck, fuck knows is where the that Vita is. version? Come on. After an attack on the water supply leaves much of the nation poisoned, you and your brother have six hours left to live, during which oh, you no. will hallucinate as you die. Oh, God. How will you spend your final hours? Will you stay at fuck home, it. rest, introspect, or throw caution to the wind and chase wild rumors of a cure? What happens next depends on your choices. The game sounds really cool. It I, does. But I don't know where the Vita version is. We, are you going to wait? Yep. That's my man. That's my man right there. Resident Evil 4 comes to PS4 Digital and Retail. Resident Evil 4 arrives on PS4 in full HD with an increased frame rate. This revolutionary masterpiece represented a turning point for the series as it brought the gameplay to a third-person over-the-shoulder perspective for the first time. Featuring a thrilling storyline taking place after the destruction of Umbrella Corporation, Resident Evil 4 not only changed the course of Resident Evil, but influenced countless other titles as well. Mm. Rockets, Rockets, Rockets comes to PS4 Digital. good name. Rockets, Rockets, Rockets is a game where you fly rockets that rockets, rockets at other rockets. All right. The ultimate rush of arcade arena action where the fluidity and amazing feel of soaring through space. Space Hulk. What, do you have something to say? I was going to say the next one can't be worse than that, but here's Space Hulk. Space Hulk comes to PS4 Digital. Space Hulk is a turn-based strategy game that recreates the classic claustrophobic board game experience for single player and multiplayer. Space Hulk is set in the isolated corridors and two-mic chambers of an ancient vessel lost in the graveyard of space. Players lead a small army of fearless Space Marine Terminators to battle in a ferocious fight for survival against hordes of predatory alien gene stealers. Like, wait, jeans like I'm wearing or jean like... Jean like in your body. Okay, okay. Because I don't want my pants getting taken. Starhammer the Vanguard Prophecy comes to PS4 Digital. And this is out on the 1st. So this is a Thursday release? Yes. Starhammer the Vanguard Prophecy is a game of 3D tactical space battles. Play your part in the second contact war in a campaign with a branching story and more than 60 missions. Or create your own scenarios in skirmish mode battles. Give your orders and watch the results in explosive real time. Oh, I will. God, more? How big is this week? Strike Vector X. Take a sip of water, Colin. I'm so sorry. No, PS4 Digital. No water. Strike Vector... EX is a competitive first-person aerial combat game that satisfies every gamer's dream of waging dizzying dogfights with super-powered aircraft. Bursting with mech-inspired ships, Rage Quits game brings a story-based single-player campaign to consoles complete with characters, cutscenes, and deadly AI. Verdun comes to PS4 Digital. Verdun is the first multiplayer FPS set in a realistic First World War setting. The merciless trench warfare offers a unique battlefield experience, immersing you and your squad into intense battles of attack and defense. Verdun takes place on the Western Front between 1914 and 1918 in one of the bloodiest conflicts in world history. And finally, hey, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition comes yeah. to PS4 Digital and Retail. 
Become a monster slayer for hire and embark on an epic journey to track down the child of prophecy, a living weapon capable of untold destruction. The complete edition includes The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, all 16 DLC packs, and two expansion packs, Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine. And that is it for this week. And I assume pick of the week will be... Are you disqualifying Resident Evil 4? I was going to say Resident Evil 4. I mean, I think that you have to put that in there if you've never played Resident Evil 4. There is I feel a like it's old as shit. There is a massive problem with it, though, in that it, 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 it doesn't have a platinum. Oh, program. my God. Which is unbelievable. Capcom, how can you keep that's unbelievable up? to me? Uh, it's basically the same trophy list from the PS3 port. If not that, I'm saying Claire Bearskin Drift. Yeah, I mean, I've not played either of them, so I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Final stage, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough week. about Claire. I don't know enough. Interesting about Claire. week. A very interesting week. Some would say, Colin. Mm. What are you always saying about there being too many games coming to the PSN? There are way too many fucking games coming. To the Seems PSN. like this week's a pretty good example of it because yep. I don't know if Rockets, Rockets, Rockets is gonna fucking take off with so much competition. Rockets, Rockets, Rockets exploding in the sky. Yeah, it's uh, what can you say about that? Maybe Rockets, Rockets, Rockets is great. I, I hope no it is, but idea. it's going to be overshadowed. I'm sure Strike Vector VX Tell. Terrible, is terrible, be. terrible name. <laughs> Let's do the topic of the show. Dots, 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 dots. Colin. Yes. This one is pulled from the games cast. Over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, the cues for questions. Sal Chippapa wrote in and says, Guten Tag. Your recent Gamescast podcast about video game journalism made me think about its possible evolution. As you mentioned, most game journalism is reporting on general news like production, delays, system specs, etc. A few pieces go deeper, like the chronicle of a history of a company, like how Colin wrote extensively about Naughty Dog, or the quality of work Jason Schreier does. Even fewer pieces break stories that would make mainstream news like the working conditions at Konami. I personally inhale the latter two types of news. Given that investigative journalism isn't a lucrative market and the think pieces people like Mal- Malcolm Gladwell do are rare enough in non-game sector, the non-game sector, do you genuinely see games journalism, quote unquote, growing up? Colin had mentioned that if you want people to take the, industry of jur- the industry's journalism seriously, then the journalists and the consumers of it should take it seriously. Most, the most interesting anecdotes, Gutentag, this is in his first language, but he's killing it. I love where you're at, Raj. Good job. The most interesting anecdotes and stories I come across seem to be from ex-devs posting about personal experiences on their social media. Parentheses. Harassment of women. Sexism in software engineering. The grind game development has on personal lives. Why aren't more of these stories reported by journalists? Love what you do, Raj. P.S. Shame Child of Light slash Valiant Hearts weren't higher on your top 10 lists, but saw a list all the same. Colin. Mm. I do think games journalism will grow up. Yeah, I think it is growing up. I think it's happening as we grow up. I think that our generation is the first generation to get to adulthood here, be able to be of the age to enter into this industry on the press side or on you know or the the video game industry and go through and see and say that there's people who want more. We're the people who can be the Patrick Klepics, the Jason Shires, and you can say that no, no, we do want that. We don't just need the entertainment tonight entertainment tonight style of video game journalism that in many ways would be would have been up at noon or a Comic Con show where here's my demo and there's no hard hitting mm-hmm. questions. There can be these real conversations. There can be the next... They, somebody's going to sit down with Sean Murray and ask all these tough questions about it. And how you get that, how you get more of it is the consumer, even right now, the child consumer growing up and wanting that. It is you who's watching or listening to this podcast demanding that and supporting the people who do it. Yeah, I think that 
uh, journalism's a market just like any other. So I think that, you know, we've talked about this on, on other shows is that um, if you want real journalism and you want those stories to be told and you have to consume the stuff that is telling those stories, it's the same thing with games. If you want a game, buy the game and then that will send the right message that more games like that should be produced. So I think it's a pretty easy kind of um, equation sure. to uh, master. I don't think it'll ever be mainstream. I don't think you're ever going to have, you know, how you have a newspaper in every market, all these massive publications like that are out there doing it. I think you will see it as pockets. You're Jason Schreier. You're, you're, you're going to, right now, I feel like we can only name a handful of people in the industry, our industry, doing this. It'll expand, but I don't think it's ever, I think the lion's share will continue to be uh, your reviews, your live streams, this Let's Play thing over here. Yeah, I think, I mean, Hollywood Reporter and Variety are not mainstream, you know, like, the, the, they talk about, movies and they and they break news and they're relevant to their audiences yeah. and that the, you know they don't have to be you know the new york times the, the paper of record to to have something to say or something that's sure. important to a certain audience so uh i i think that uh it is growing up i think that you know there's some the, the weird thing about games journalism is that there's like some resistance from within and i don't i don't understand exactly what that what why that is and what i mean by that is there's like people out there that that you know we, we've talked about a million times and i don't i don't give a fuck like what like you know what pe- problems people have with a publication like Kotaku that's your that's your prerogative but they are doing real journalism if you don't understand that then you really don't fucking know what journalism is like that's just that's not a that's not you know a subjective kind of thing like uh, what Schreier and what Klepik is now doing advice and all this kind of stuff that that's journalism whether or not you like the outlet whether or not you have a grudge against them for other things that's your prerogative I don't care but um, that is journalism so uh, there there seems to be some resistance from within and that's what I was saying like that w- with uh uh, this like deference to to the plan, the marketing plans and the PR plans of these games companies as if, as if they're sacred. As oh, if don't any, leak as the if, Assassin's Creed thing. They haven't wanted yeah, to talk about that. As if yet. anyone should give a fuck, who cares? You know, like the only people that like should care about that is Ubisoft. Uh, if it's newsworthy um, and it's of, of, of you know, we've talked about this on Game Over Reggae Show actually too, where we were you know about Gawker, where mm-hmm. they were all about you know, and I'm talking about Gawker Prime, Kotaku owned by Gawker until recently, and now they're owned by Univision, but um, where they were all about the, the 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 journalism, if you can call it that, of personal assassination, of of personal destruction. That's not what I support at all. Um, so there's a big difference between say reporting on uh, the affair of a Ubisoft executive that was never reported, but I'm saying like that's an, an, an example as opposed to saying like this game exists. That's journalism. Um, so yeah, it's growing up. Uh, I think it will continue to grow up, but it will as only, long as you demand it. Exactly, it'll only grow up as long as there's a market for it. No one's going to write into a vacuum that, or you know, make make videos into a vacuum that's boring. And what's the point? So, yeah, yeah. Um, if you want, you know, you'll be the gaming. In, you'll get the gaming industry you 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 ask for, and you de- and you'll get the gaming industry. Frankly, you deserve. So, um, if you want a highbrow games industry, then demand one. Yeah. And support the content creators you see that are doing what you want. Yeah, you know, like, you've, you've been a great about us, but the people like you know Jim Sterling. If you want like if you want like fucking top ten lists and like just nonsense, then you're gonna get top ten lists and nonsense. If you want, uh, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. If that's what you want, but if you want hard hitting stories, then reward your journalists, reward the people that actually put the legwork in to do it's, these real like. It's not you know, you know we wrote them. You know I've written them in the past. It's easy to write like top ten. Yeah. Like a fucking monkey can write that, you know, it's hard to like go in and get you know, access, like get, get access and get yeah, trust. Ex- exactly. Like that, that takes, that takes work. And like, you know, that's the stuff that we should be rewarding with our clicks and with our, with our eyes and with our money and, and all those kinds of things. Um, 
it's not to say those top 10 things aren't fun. It's not to say the BuzzFeed stuff's not fun to read. It's just to say it's fucking mindless. It's, it's Obviously, they've hit it's on something. They're, they're huge. Right. You know? like, so I'm not saying that they haven't hit on anything. We're all guilty of consuming that content, but we can have it both ways. Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole thing. One doesn't ignore the other, but if you only consume the junk food, then yeah, there's nothing healthy on the tree anymore. You need to go out there and support people who are doing what you want them to do. Colin. Yes. Tell me what's happening in trophy time today. Uh, let's see. So, um, first of all, what... what just with with inside, I've been using someone put up a pretty good guide on YouTube that I've been using to just get the inside trophies because I think you can beat the whole game out again. Any trophies? Um, oh yeah, because they're all the collectible things, right? Yeah, like I find a bunch of out of the Xbox. cylinder. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you might want to look into that. No platinum, though, right? No, uh, it's a uh, uh, maybe a dozen bronze or so, and then sure. gold. Um, so there's that uh, headlander, as I said, just from personal experiences, platinumable. But there's still no platinum, or there's no trophy guide still, and I'm, I don't have the patience to fucking be dis- you know dealing with that right now. I do think I'm gonna end up platinum in No Man's Sky. Because are still, you along on your on your are you I'm still on the your hook? Way? Yeah, I popped one of the golds already for you know because you know it's just ads. It just builds and builds and builds. But I think as much as I enjoy it, I'll, I'll eventually one day there's gonna be a day where I'm like, all right, cool. I don't want to scan things on the planet. I don't want to run Emerald. Instead, I'll actually just look into this and go and do this. And I'm doing the whole Atlas thing. I'm bopping around my warp drive. All right, so let's take a look. Um, there's a lot of trophy lists. Let's just take a look at them, you know, as they are. Grab some interesting ones. I mean, there's a lot of them, right? Like, we haven't done this in a while. So, uh, first, we talk about Resident Evil 4. Um, again, the trophies, uh, no platinum, um, but you can get, you know, gold for clearing the game in the highest difficulty, acquire all the bottle caps for silver, acquire all the costumes in the games of bronze, um, and then there's a bunch of story-related ones if you're looking for that, and that seems to be identical to the PS3 one. Okay. W- one thing that I think is interesting is it seems like, and I, I, I don't know if this is true, but I think it is, that the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Game of the Year Edition has a new set of trophies. Oh, they just compiled everything into one. It looks like it. Ooh. looks like it. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but I think it is. The reason I think so is because it popped again on the list, which which is indicative that it's new. But then I'm looking at them. So like Lilac and Gooseberries is a trophy I have from that game. You have it too. It's one of the first trophies you get. It's 50%. Um, like people like, and if you look at the list here on PSN profiles, like people are playing this game and it seems to be a new list. I, I tell you this just because, uh, first of all, it's fucking super smart. Second of all, it's super smart. CD Projekt never, they, they, they really never cease to amaze me with some of these little things they're worrying about. If I can object for yeah. one, or inject, I think for one second, based on what you're saying to clarify for a listener at home, it's a new list, but it's the same list. It looks you're, like it's the same list, but it looks like it is you're a getting new, it again. yeah. So gotcha. what I'm Just saying is sure. that it is, and you should look into this before you take my word for it, but it, it appears to be that if you played the game and beaten the game already and you want to play it again, you'll get a whole other set of trophies. Nice. But I don't know. It, it, that's what it seems to suggest. I'm surprised, and this is just a little thing that has nothing to do with trophies. I'm surprised with this Witcher complete collection. It's not coming with like the Gwent beta or something, some kind of thing for that new Gwent game. I think that might have been the intent, and then they pushed it back. Mm. But I, I don't know because I think the beta is now in October. Rockets, rockets, rockets! Here we go. Twenty bronze, twelve silver, four gold, one platinum. Woo woo! Um, ugh, I don't know. Achieve at least 10% accuracy in a match, 20% accuracy in a match, 50% accuracy in a match, 100% accuracy in a match. A lot of multiplayer ones, but it seems like they're maybe local co-op. I don't know. I don't know what this game's all about. I just can't anymore. Hugh. Uh, I just can't anymore. Hugh, nine bronze, <laughs> two, two silver. seconds. <laughs> nine bronze, two silver, one gold. Uh, the trophies seem to be unlocking colors, so um, for the most part, so unlock yellow, pink, orange, purple, lime, blue, red, aqua. Change a color for the first time. Complete the game. Collect all the mysterious fun secret beakers. So that's like the collectibles, and then make five thousand obstacles disappear. Um, so there's that. Thank goodness for that. 
I like colors. Uh, binaries is a game we just talked about. Uh, seven bronze, six silver, this eight the gold. Balls game. One, yep, one platinum. Um, seems like you're beating, getting ranks, uh, dying a certain amount of times, beating the game under a certain amount of time, and then some obscure shit like, like putty in your hands. Be able to turn on those big puppy dog eyes as a trophy. That's how you uh, get the balls moving. We are not alone. Find some strange rectangular friends. Wormhole research workshops. Look, they aren't portals, okay? And it seems like <laughs> it seems like it like so. Only two people have it right now because the game just came out, and one day ago, a person has a hundred percent already. Oh, nice. So maybe not that hard. I don't know. What did you pull up the scary game? I want to know about the scary game. The I want to say Catherine, but that's not it. Claire, we talked Claire. about it like a long time. My ago. apologies. So I didn't pull it up. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, I attack, forgot or wasn't on that episode. Attack on Titan, uh, 26 bronze, 13 silver, 3 gold, 1 platinum. Uh, the interesting thing about this trophy list, you guys can go look at it if you want, but the interesting thing about this is, is uh, not surprisingly, shared am- along the platforms. Oh. So the Vita, the PS3, and the PS4 all have the same list. The final station um, we were talking about before, 0 bronze, 10 silver, 0 gold. Um Take three passenger, passengers to emergency station A45. Take six passengers to Bristol. Take six passengers to the lab's bunker. Take six passengers to Metropole. Shoot a bird. Kill ten enemies by throwing objects at them. Get through the metro station without using a med kit. Destroy three others by blah, blah, blah. So I think this game looks sounds really cool anyway. I don't know how it looks. Uh, four-sided fantasy. Nine bronze, zero silver, two gold. And you get basically most of your trophies for beating worlds and beating the new game, beating the game, beating new game plus, finding secret areas, etc., etc. Do you got? Do you have bears can't drift? Yep, here? bears can't drift is right here. Eight bronze, four silver, eight gold, one platinum. Do you know why it has a platinum? You because of, well us I'm constantly beating the drum on this. The developer is a fan. That's how we got it early, and that's how we did the let's play. Great, that's fantastic. Uh, so activating all the modes: uh, easy difficulty, medium difficulty, and hard difficulty. Uh, poop place is a trophy. You gave it your best, but it wasn't good enough. Gross. This uh, is the one that has that uh, I can see you trophy that got everything started on Reddit. That you remember that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And finally, uh, Batman uh, from Telltale. Uh, the trophies already popped on PS4, but the PS3 trophies popped. That game was supposed to come out. To, uh, the, the first episode was supposed to come out this weekend, and it was pushed back. And as we've discussed... Wait, second episode, right? Uh, first episode's said, been out for a while. It said no. It said it was the first episode for PS3 was supposed to come out. My apologies. Um, and uh, as was the case with The Walking Dead, it does have a platinum, and it's all beating the chapter. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be... An, it's, as long as you play them all, I assume it'll be an unavoidable... Platinum trophy. Does seem like it. And that is it for trophies. Colin. Yes. Buckner513 wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ with the trophy time question. It says, hello, Greg and Colin. Hello. I hope all is well for the both of you. Here's a trophy related question for you. You've talked a great deal about how you've played a plethora of horrible games over the years and the extraneous lengths you've gone to in order to increase your trophy level. While in this never-ending pursuit of pleasing the PlayStation gods, have either of you ever quote-unquote cheated in getting these trophies? Cheating would include doing anything that would cause you to get the trophy that you didn't rightfully earn as the game intended you to. These might include using the rubber band trick on your controller in Rocket League to get 500 kilometers without actually playing at all, or using a time-slash-difficulty glitch in a game such as Uncharted 4 where you can bypass most of the game in the early days after initial release. I'm guilty of the former. I want to show as much support to the developers I love by getting the trophies they put up, but I never have enough time to play a game 9,000 times in order to get that stupid bronze trophy we all know is going to be a pain in the butt to get. Should we all have asterisks next to our profiles for being filthy cheaters? You guys are awesome. Thanks for all you do, Nathan from College Station, Texas. Uh, I don't. I don't acknowledge what he's. The two examples he uses. That is, is cheating. not cheating at all. That is not che- in no sense of the word is that cheating. IMO. 
No, I don't think that's cheating either. So cheating would be, we've talked about this in the past, so I mean, forgive us, I mean, it's an old story. When Dead Rising 2 came out, um, we could go into the debug menu and actually just pop all the trophies. Like, it, it would just let you do it. I was reviewing it. I stumbled upon that by clicking the sticks I got in the debug menu. Yeah, and I could set how many zombies I had killed. So the, whatever, the gen- genocide trophy for f- killing 50-some thousand zombies, I was going to go home and pop. And on the way out, I, I said that to you, and you got so mad. Yeah, I mean, so that, that would be cheating. That, and that's what launched the trophy armatus, where there were rules now about trophy hunting and how we would and wouldn't do it. Yeah, and I, I feel... So I, I don't feel like using the rubber band trick in um, Rocket League is cheating, and I don't feel... I mean, if the game lets you do it, like the Uncharted thing was an, was an over... was an Like, they, they glanced over that when they were making the game, and then they fixed it, I think. So yeah. I don't really look at that as, as cheating, because that would be like equivalent to like in, in Bioshock. Uh, to get the platinum, you can't use the Vita Chamber. So if you die, you just shut the game off and turn it back on. Like, what's the difference? I just cheated. Yeah. I just totally like. What am I supposed to be like? Oh, I died. Now I gotta start Restart? all over again. Like, get the yeah, fuck yeah. out of here. Um, like, like basically, what was um, uh, Dead Space Two, where you you can only save three times. Yeah, right. And it was like you once you died, it, you, if you hadn't saved, you're fucked. There's no way to get right. Back exactly. To it. So I I feel like. Um, his examples are not cheating and I don't, I don't think it's like, cheating at all because no. people are like oh use trophy guides and all that I'm like that's not cheating that's like cheating, cheating is yeah. like really manipulating the game in some sort of unsavory way like with the debug menu yep. like like if you can trick the game into giving you a trophy um, and in a way that you're doing it it's just it's saying do it it's not saying you know like uh, the one for me was always Superman Returns on Xbox 360 there was a thing where you needed to fly and you just put it down and you rubber band it and I think I did do it and it was like it's not cheating. It's not saying I have to do it this certain way. It's just do this somehow. And I think that's a stupid, lazy trophy to begin with. So whatever. What do I care? Colin. Yes. Let's check in with the listeners. Okay. Hello, listeners. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, you can be a part of PS I Love You XOXO by going to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and posting your question on the forums, just like Jake did. Hey, guys. Hope all is well. I played Inside this week, and while I enjoyed it, I am slightly disappointed that it was pretty much an upgraded, flashier Limbo. I wasn't expecting Playdead to depart from what made Limbo great, but I figured there would be at least additional core mechanics. Can you guys speak on studio progression and the line developers walk when trying to create a new game that stays true to what made their previous title successful, but also expands on it without going too far? Are there examples of these iterative successes or failures that stick out to you? And what studios do you think do a good job at this? Thank you so much, Jake. I mean, they delivered what they're known for. I, I, I don't necessarily know that there's any, anything wrong with making your game. Um, so, I mean, we got another game with a little boy and some fucking weird ass situation. I mean, I, I, I just I don't <laughs> I don't uh, I don't necessarily think that that's a that's um, something something to begrudge them. Why for. do you have to change just to change? Like I. I even in style, I mean, Naughty Dog makes third-person action shooters, sure. basically, right? Like, that's what they make. They didn't always make that, but that's what they make. So I, I, I think you do what you know. Um, I agree that's, that Limbo and, and Inside don't seem to be that far apart from each other, but I don't necessarily think that that's But my thing is with Inside is that I think Inside is such a market improvement on the mechanics of Limbo. How smooth it looks, how good it looks, how crisp it looks, the animations of it, and even the feel of it feels better to me than Limbo. Limbo always felt a bit stiff and heavy. Whereas for uh, Inside, as much as I didn't like the ending necessarily, I loved that ride. I enjoyed that experience. I liked the puzzles. I felt like they learned a lot from Limbo was a game where I was head into the wall over over like what the fuck how do I get over here fuck 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 and like when you, I walked by and watched you play it, I was like oh yeah I remember this part and I didn't I, I got not stuck here like for hours but I did stop for a second like what what am I supposed to do how do I figure it out this is the market improvement and 
not the giant leap, but the step in the right direction. Hey, it is them learning from what they did with Limbo, making a better game, I feel. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like I said, I'm, I'm interested that people, it's very well received. I do think the, the hyperbole about it being the best game of the year is a little much, but sure. I, I haven't beaten it yet. Maybe I'll feel very I'm very. I'm going to be after. super, super interested to hear your ending. But uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that it's it's that good, but, yeah. I, but I also felt like Limbo wasn't nearly as good as everyone thought it was too. So maybe, maybe it's something that's just lost on me. Um, I like Limbo and I like Inside, so I think they're they're great. Yeah. What about uh, examples of going the right way or wrong way with iteration? You got any off the top of your head? I think because for me, what the first one that jumps out is in both good and bad Sucker Punch. Yeah. That's in like- Sucker Punch, that Infamous one was so good, Infamous two was really good, and then Second Son came along and visually, odd, you know, the technology they're using, the way things look, awesome, 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 and then it was this thing like I was talking about of like the weird come graffiti here arrow to the ground that like breaks you out of this incredibly real world Seattle. Yeah. I, um, sucker punch came to mind. Uh, Sony Santa Monica comes to mind too with God mm-hmm. of war, uh, with Ascension specifically where they kind of felt like they, I felt like they, it's a good example of a studio that felt like they had to do something to change things when that's not what God of war fans really wanted to begin with. But now, I mean, to be fair, they are changing God of war and it seems like people want it. So, um, and I mean that with the, the new God of war, God of war. So, um, it can go both ways. I yeah. think that like sometimes, you know, we talk about Mega Man a lot. Of, you know, I, Mega I, Man, Mega Man. I've been going back a lot to the Legacy Collection, playing through slowly, playing through the, the really difficult challenges and and uh, which are fucking like so tough. And like, you don't change what a good thing here. This is great. Um, but, you know, change is necessary sometimes. And sometimes it's not. I think we're talking about the market before with the journalist, uh, the journalism conversation. I think the same thing with this. Like if Playdead's third game is about a boy solving puzzles in some weird fucking place then we're gonna be like all right like we know what you want we get we get it now we but, know who you were and we let you off the but line. i also think that they're not yeah like, De- like dennis green you got it. r.i.p rest in peace uh, so anyway colin you mentioned game of the year so let's check in with king trenty mcteddykins hey colin and greg since the end of the year is only a couple months away what is your guys's game of the year so far and what is your biggest disappointment of the year so far what do you guys think will be the main contender for the game of the year over at most people and outlets uh already released and to be released he puts in we'd love to hear your thoughts keep up the good work big old um, the emoji that's like this like that you know the capital d in the eyes tell colin i always sign off my questions with his favorite emoticon and i don't think that's your favorite emoticon is it yeah it is you don't use that one though i use it i use the the um like the ascii version of it yeah exactly exactly exactly. i don't use emojis because i ain't a clown well, no, that's a, yeah, that's an emoticon, right? That's an emoticon, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I love that. That's my favorite one. I, you do use it. It's a psychotic, like kind of. He's just so happy. I don't know if he's happy. I don't know what he is, um, or if it's a he altogether. I guess. Uncharted Four is the best game of the year. I, I don't. Agreed. I, I, I think that there's going to be some competition from. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be competition because I think it's going to win. But uh, Ratchet you, is certainly up there. Do you think outlets? You think IGN, GameSpot, they're going to give it to Uncharted Four? Because I feel like without that's, us, they're probably not. But nah. I think that I think that. Um, what are the contenders that are, you think are on this list with them? Inside, yeah. Um, I mean, let me let me look. You let figure look. yet to come, right? What there's, we have Inside, we have Uncharted. You figure there's going to be South Park. There's going to be what is it? I mean, like yeah, your Call of Duty, Battlefield, um, Tomb Raider. But that's too late, obviously. All um, right, so here, I mean, so I'm looking like Doom. Yeah, Doom is actually going to get some uh, positive buzz. You love Doom, Overwatch. Dark Souls 3, XCOM 2, The Witness. Witness is a great a great one. That's uh, a really good one. Actually, get, that's definitely going to get love. I'm seeing, I mean, I'm looking at other games. I mean, sure, I don't sure, know. sure. Um, what are some of the PC dorks playing? I mean, we already brought up, let's see, XCOM. 
Yeah, I saw. I, I know we. I know we thought it didn't I feel live like up those, to expectations, but Firewatch is going to come up on this. Stardew Valley, maybe. Ooh, yeah. Is that, um, that was this year. Then yeah, that's definitely going to get. Something. Gears comes out later. Yeah, uh, Quantum Gears. Break already came right, out. Right. Mafia Three maybe is going to be pretty good. I Oxen Freeze out. Um, Civ Six comes out. Dishonored Two. Uh, Watch Dogs 2, The Banner Saga 2. I don't feel like there's that usual thing, though. Where like, Remember last year... Oh, Telltale? Mm-hmm. No way. I mean, it's good. I'm just telling you. I'm I know, just throwing out games. I just don't think... I think that's this This is what's interesting about this year is there aren't runaway... Last year it was. I was like, a Witcher's going to win a whole bunch, right? And then I was like, oh, no, but what about Metal Gear? And then I was like, oh, no, what about this? Like, there at Rocket League, there were these games that you're like, these are runaway successes where I feel like Uncharted 4 is the pedestrian answer, but I do feel like that's the one that, for me, is clear and far and away. But Stardew Valley, I do know people who love, 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 even though I didn't, it, I haven't given it the time of day, really. So I guess we'll have to see. Well, maybe give it the time of day when it comes to Vita. Damn right. And it, what was your biggest disappointment of the year, you think? Um, I mean, let me look at my trophies real quick, because I feel like there, the answer will be there. Answer's a- always in the trophies. <laughs> Abzu, definitely one of them. Uh, one of your biggest still, you think? I mean, I, I I didn't have any expectations, but I was like, what? What? I, like when I played, oh, uh, I just was like, uh, um, let's see. Oh, Mighty Number no. Nine, of course. Oh, right, yeah, you hate that game. Game fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that that's that's certainly one of them. Firewatch, another one that was I, massively I see, disappointing. But it's one of those where Firewatch disappointed us. But I, I think you're gonna see that on people's game of the year list. I, uh, I hear you. You're bringing I up mean, Final Fantasy. Of course, we're forgetting Final Fantasy 15. I mean, oh wait, yeah. Give it time, and Final Fantasy 15 will will disappoint you. Um, okay. even as sure, as sure as the day is long. <laughs> uh, listen, we talk about the games that you deserve, right? You're gonna get a game with a boy band in it. That's what you Steal deserve. yourselves. Uh, no, I, I think so. I think that probably it has to be. I mean, Firewatch was a huge disappointment to me. I couldn't believe. I agree with that. Not, I, I don't like, think it was the huge more, for the me. more the more I think about the game, the more I'm like, what the fuck? It was for me. It was a missed opportunity. It was a disappointment, but I still I thought it was fine. That's the thing. I expected more from it. Props to them, though, uh, Campo Santos, to, for coming on the show, though, and talking yeah. very candidly about it. You don't get that very often. Um, they. A lot of people gave me credit. They're like, wow, Colin's basically telling them to their face, like, what do you think of the game? And I'm like, well, what am I going to yeah, lie to them? Do? Uh, so I don't deserve any credit for that. Uh, I think that they deserve credit for exposing themselves to that. And I think that that game was... Uh, uh, we talked so, about this. I, I think you and I had high, way too high expectations for that game. Yeah, I think based we kind of just did it to ourselves. And it's I, also a, think, I also think the payoffs was... Well, that's exist. the whole problem with it, is that my, me, when it's the ending that unravels for it. I enjoyed most of the journey, and then it was just like, what's happening? And I, But I enjoyed it. Overall, I mean, I don't think it's a bad game. Have you gone? Are you? You're saying you. The more you think about it, the more you reflect on it. You like it even less. Yeah. Wow. I just. I. I. It's such a. Um, what a lost opportunity. The way the game begins is awesome. The idea is awesome. The setting, 1989. I think Wyoming or the fuck you're. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. This is fantastic. What. A, what a great idea you have. But no payoff. No payoff. Yeah. Still gave us the best theme of all time, though. I love that Firewatch. Oh, the PS4, PS4 theme. theme I just see. sit there and listen to that music. Chill out. FMA15 wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, hello, Colin and Greg. Hello. I just realized something that may have been obvious for other people, but Persona 5 and Horizon are coming out in the same month. This is a serious problem for me since I already feel like I might not get as much time to play Persona 5 since it isn't on the Vita. According to Horizon, oh, adding Horizon to the mix makes it even worse. 
So my question is this. Do you think having these two big games coming out so close to each other will hurt both in their sales? They are very different games, but they are both important games to the PlayStation community. Do you think it will be hard for you two to make time for both of them? P.S. I love you both, but no one can ever know. No, I, I don't I don't know that these two games existing next to each other matters, but I but it it, it might for some it concern, people. It, I mean, for I'm one of the people that it does concern. It does but, work. But you will play them both. I mean, so yeah. that's the thing is yeah. that unless Come on. we all know Persona is going to review really well. Horizon, I think, is a mystery, but we've I've, I've played Horizon extensively and I'm telling you it's going to be great. The I'd be I'd be shocked if it's not not a great game. Um, that just means that you have to wait. That's all. Or yeah. just like use your time wisely. Like Horizon. I, I don't know how long it is. I can't imagine it's going to be much longer than 20 hours, maybe, or something like that. So You think so? Yeah. With well, them being open world and stuff, I was thinking maybe 40. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah. It's taken a long time to develop. I just get a little cautionary when I talk about these open world games because I think our expectations get a little out sure. of whack with them. I, I just, I, I'm thinking core story, 12 hours, 13, 14. Oh, yeah, maybe a lot of grind work. Blaze and stuff. through sure. it, right? But you have all these side quests. You want to unlock all these villages. You want to build your own robot dinosaur that you crawl in right. and then take into space. Right, right, and right. it turns out it's all in No Man's Sky. And this was at the center of the right, galaxy. Right, right. Um, Persona. So Persona is going to be uh, very time consuming. and yeah. um, But I also think a critically acclaimed game. So does it matter? Maybe. But I also think that you just buy both. I think that, that those games are both pretty safe. I hope so. I want them both to be very successful. Now let's jump on to a question, Colin, that's in a similar vein, but not the way you think, maybe. But maybe it is. Now you're part of the show. Now the show's part of you. Very super Jamos, who signs off as just James, says, hey, Colin and Greg. Hey. (laughs) I really enjoyed Colin's... Hey. I really enjoyed Colin and Vince's discussion about how gamers are, on average, older. That conversation really resonated with me. I recently graduated college and started my first full-time job, and the inevitability of my dwindling free time is catching up to me. Games are my favorite way to experience a story and relax. I'm worried I will not have the time to fully experience games like I could in college, especially those that I have been waiting forever to play, parentheses Kingdom Hearts 3. My question is, do you think it is possible to maintain your passion for games even as you get older and your responsibilities in life increase? Yes. 100% yes. Is it hard? Is it different? Yes. I I can speak for Colin and myself on this one. We were young uh, lads tearing up games, dedicating all your free time to games. Mm -hmm. We had so much free time. College, I remember being able to take naps. Go to class, come home, take a nap, play NCAA till 3 in the morning or whatever. Those days are behind you now as you get older. You'll still have the occasional experience, but you have to start picking and choosing, right? And it's been weird for me, I can speak to myself, I guess, in the way that like leaving IGN to start kind of funny, I thought I'd be playing so many more games when in reality, kind of funny is so much more work. And there's every, every hour is spoken for in some respect. So it is now that it's like, cool, I'm going to play No Man's Sky tonight and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I'm really into this game. I'm going to play this game and not feel bad about the fact that I am missing a whole bunch of indies that have come along, a whole bunch of codes I'm getting. I haven't touched Deus Ex on my actual personal save. But it doesn't matter in the end, right? Because I'm still Greg Miller and I love video games. They're still my preferred entertainment method. I just have to be picky and choosy about it. It's like same way of like I feel like I don't watch any TV, right? And I, But I remember when I was back home like in Chicago growing up, you watched so much TV and I still played so many games. It was just that that was what the swing of life was then, and that's not where I am now. Yeah, I think that uh, you have to just accept that that times change, but also that you don't even. I don't even really even feel like you have to play games. I have a passion for them. I think that like 100%. you can read about them, and you can just you know watch videos or think about. I mean, like I know it's silly, but but 
not everyone has time to play at all. Doesn't mean you don't have a passion. You know, I don't think you want to necessarily reduce it like that. Yeah, you can still have the passion not be there. You have to get picky and choosy a little bit and figure out how you want to do and budget out time maybe, but it doesn't matter. Colin, I want to do two more questions. You get to pick the two. You ready? Lego Dimensions, a new handheld, collector editions for multiple Uncharted's, Neo vs. Scorpio. Yeah, those are your ones. Pick two of those. Handheld and Neo vs. Handheld and Neo vs. Scorpio. Power up, Pat! Wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hello, Colin and Greg. Hey. With rumors circulating of, Sony's pot- of Sony potentially announcing a new handheld at their September 7th event, I have a question that must be answered. What would it be like? This one's a two-parter. First, what would a perfect Vita successor look like to you guys individually? What do you want out of the handheld? What features do you want? Second, practically, what is this new handheld most likely going to actually look like, i.e. features, design, games, etc.? Please disregard the practicality of Sony even actually releasing another handheld. Love the new studio, love you guys, and love everything you do. Thanks. Power up, Pat. I've talked about my Vita successor quite a bit, right? I want them to focus. I want them to... Turn it around and focus on the Vita or the handheld platform the way they focus on PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4 was perfect when they came out and talked about it. It's a machine for gamers. We're all about games. Here you go. Great. Do that again. Hey, Vita wasn't as successful as we wanted, but we found something with PlayStation 4, and that is that gamers like games. We're doing that again. We hope you're going to support us. Here's the Vita 2. It looks a lot like whatever you want to call it, the next generation handle. It looks a lot like the Vita. It has two shoulder buttons, so it's perfect for remote play. It has two sticks. It doesn't have touch on the front or back. That helps us bring the the price down by this percent, and your battery life goes up by this percent. Sell me on it that way and have it somehow be better for remote play better for interfacing with my playstation 4 have it be that when i plug the fucker into charge with the playstation 4 it doesn't say this device is not supported by the playstation 4 make this a real ecosystem where it's like we've learned what you liked about the vita and the vita you like what you liked about vita were games and you like having real games on the go we're giving you that again yeah i think it's intimate it's intimate relationship with ps4 is important but i also think that like it's backwards compatibility is important 100%. it's be backwards compatible with vita i think it wouldn't hurt to make it backwards compatible with um psp and have ps1 and ps2 classics on there why could you could you at, at the power in which the handheld is being played could you not also make the ps3 games work on it yeah. uh, you know i i don't an, i don't anticipate or think that it'd be possible to play ps4 games natively but we have remote play on vita so i think that um you know two triggers um, get rid of some of the, some of the accoutrements. Uh, the back. I think the front. I think the front touch is fine. I think the back touch is unnecessary. Reduce cost. I think cost. it's fine, but do you, do we need it? Especially if we're, if, if in, in again, I guess I'm now intruding on your space. I'm sorry. I don't mean to do that. But for me, in the message of gamers machine, it's a gamers gamer device. Like touching helps us get the iOS ports, and I don't want that. Yeah, I, I, with the exception I, of Sunflowers too. Uh, I I don't know. I just don't think it. I, it's probably not very expensive, and I don't think it's. I think it's additive. If anything, I don't think it does anything. I don't think it's. It, it gives you more options. Uh, even for mapping and stuff like that. So I think that it's, um, I, I don't, I, you and I just don't see eye to eye on that. I just, I do not have a problem with there being a touch, a touch screen on the, on the, on the Vita. The back touchpad is, was dumb. I, I, when you really think back that back at that, I'm like, what are you thinking? Like, what the fuck was, why, why, you know, but cause then you have to manufacture this thing forever with this on the back. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think that it's a, and it's an, it's an interesting point to be made that, um, uh, I still feel like Vita, a Vita successor is possible. And I know people think it's crazy. You say twenty percent chance, right? Uh, yeah, I think that um, you know, 
I just feel like they're crazy enough to do it again, as I've said many times in the past. And I feel like now is the time to try again. I feel like you don't. This is what I was making. You know, when, when I got into that conversation with Andrea about um, mobile gaming, um, which I was completely right about. Uh, that um, the one thing that we, you know, we kind of glossed over. But what, what, what I think is an important point is that the market is just very different right now. Not for handhelds necessarily. I think the market's truncating. Um, but rather that there's the PS4 is powerful um, on the market um, and people are paying attention to the brand in a way that they weren't paying attention to it in 2011 and 2012. And so I think that you can even if you can double Vita sales to 25 million, that's a success. And I still don't know for sure that they even lost money on Vita. So I don't see why they would would not necessarily try again. The argument I made to Andrea and then I will reiterate is that like you you can either just double down on PS4, which is smart, or you can like you're why would you see the hill? to a competitor when you don't necessarily have to like at least make them fight for it. You have the money and the capital and and the the goodwill to fight on that hill again. And you're not yeah, you're not going to beat mobile phones, but here's a little here's some like this is the point I was trying to make. There are 2.8 million phone like smartphones in the world. 2.8 I'm sorry, 2.8 billion smartphones in the world. 2.8 billion. There are 650,000 games right now on the App Store. 650,000. Uh, 1% uh, of the audience accounts for 58% of revenue. And only uh, they're about at a, a fourth of total revenue comes from smartphone games. Last year, uh, handheld gaming accounted for about 3% um, with maybe 50 million units. So what I'm saying is that there's money to be made there with, a le- with less of an investment and a m- better guarantee of success on the game-by-game level because there aren't 650,000 fucking games on your platform. Um, and there isn't an expectation that you're going to get things for free and all that kind of stuff. So I just think, is, and I'll reiterate the point I made on the, on the, on the Neo con- or the uh, Slim Conversation reaction yeah. that we did on, on games, is that, like, yeah, you're not going to make hand over fist money in that market. But it is a safe place for game developers to go as long as you nurture it. And as long as you make the comparison that no one is spending money on uh, or wants to spend money on these games, otherwise they wouldn't be free. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the average cost when you take all all apps, all games, everything, the average cost of an item on the App Store is 50 cents. And that includes games that are free and or things that are free and things that are $100, right? And that game that's like $5,000. Exactly. Rich you were. Exactly. So to me, it's like this is, uh, this is there's an obvious route in here to make a niche and bolster it. And yeah, maybe two or three percent of, of gaming revenue is not that impressive when the PS4 is murdering and is around forty five million units right now. But that's nothing to like shy away from. There's money to be made there. Why people take a point in pride that uh, mobile gaming accounts for a fourth of gaming revenue with two point eight billion devices and six hundred fifty thousand games is beyond me because that's that's to me that's actually embarrassing. There's no attach rate. There's no money being made there. There's like people are fucking dying left, right, and center. The same people are making. You know, I was reading really fascinating stuff where. Because um, I've been doing research for a video I want to do about this, and we'll go way way more in depth into it. With people like just being like this, this the market that marketplace is a disaster, and it goes back to the GDC talk I went to with uh, Drinkbox, where they're like, we would ra- much rather put our games on Vita. I mean, at the time, than than mobile, because like, well, people will audience buy it, find it. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so I just think that is it easy? No. Is it smart? I maybe not, but I think that there's success to be found there. And I think all you have to do is look at mobile gaming, the dearth of companies that make a lot of money there, the same old shit going there, and then make a contrast and say, we're not that. 
Mm-hmm. We believe, and that doesn't even have to be the so-called console quality gaming on the go like it was with Vita, right? But we're it's making be, games for gamers. Yeah, we, these are games, and you're going to pay for them. Yeah. And that's okay, because we, we, they, on iOS, they believe so little in their games that they don't charge for them. They refuse to charge for them. They can't. If they charge even a dollar or two dollars, they wouldn't make any money. We don't feel that way. We, we believe in this device, and yeah, we're not going to carve away a billion fucking gamers. We're, we would like that. We would, we would think we can do 25 million. I think that that would be totally appropriate. I think that that's a, I think that's a route to take. And I would not be surprised to see them take that route. 20%. Luke at me gets the final question of the week. He went to kind of funny.com slash PSQ, just like you can. And says, Hey guys, in the arguments of Neo versus Scorpio, I rarely ever see anyone talking about the price. With many speculating about a $400 price point for Neo, do you think we will see something closer to $500 or above for Scorpio? Thanks, Luke. The word on Scorpio is that it's, it, it sounds mass, like ridiculously expensive, but I, I think that... They gotta bring that down, though. Yeah, I, I, I mean, people were... I heard numbers circulating like seven dollars and $800, and I'm like, there's just mm. no way. No, then Microsoft's not that silly. Um, 500 maybe. I, I just... I don't know. I just... It depends I like on how you is, market it. This is definitely one of those things I think you'd have to eat it on, right? I, 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 don't, I think a $100 difference between the Neo and Scorpio is too much. $50, sure, and, but then your marketing writes itself, hopefully, of... This is a better step than that. This is so many teraflops. This is what you really need and what developers want. And I don't know if you can go $100 over places. I also, I also think that one important component is that in, in a year's time in computing is everything. Like Components are going to become far cheaper this time next year than they are now based on the, what the Scorpio is specking to because the Scorpio doesn't exist. I mean, it's, it's, people know what the... What the, the um, you know what all the stats are, but they don't. You know the machine doesn't exist, right? Like, yeah. or at least out of a prototype or an R and D form. So perhaps they're just waiting to see, and maybe it won't even come out next year. Maybe they'll wait and push to get the prices, the components as cheap as possible to at least break even. But it's all hypothetical right now. All we know about the Neo or about the Scorpio is, yeah, it's what it's what it's specking to, and that it exists, and that they're aiming for next year. As I said on the, again on the on the uh, Slim conversation on on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, what I said was, I still feel like this is their new console, and they're just not staying it. I know that they're saying things to the contrary. I just don't understand this this quantum leap without making a new console unless it's going to be truly iterative in which case you call just the xbox ah. there's a lot of questions the, the big the big x factor we, we just don't know right now is the neo yeah we're gonna find out soon um, there'll be 7th. another show in between now and then but then we'll do the reacts and all that kind of stuff yeah of course so, oh, we'll do the, the pre and post uh, and, show post and, show will be posted as a psi love you xoxo on your podcast feed and youtube.com and on the last you know it was prescient because on the last psi love you i predicted that things would start leaking from the september uh event and lo and behold they did hashtag Colin was right and I, I do feel like it, I wouldn't be surprised if the Neo leaked before next year before mm. we do the next show but we'll see no I don't think that I think they're probably being see the problem is is that the Slim's clearly going to be available when they announce it yeah um, so they're manufactured and they've already the channel's already flooded I still think that Neo's being manufactured so I don't know that it's as likely but p- now pictures of it are, are cir- circulating like people drawing pictures from Foxconn and shit like that it's yeah. happening yep, all yep, over yep. again so the, the amount of skepticism people showed, by the way, in that console was so funny to me because I was like, this is so obviously real. And like why people think that this like when the box has been burned. I remember, so I remember one guy was like, can't you obviously the Photoshop the, that's this Photoshop? I'm like, no, honestly, I fucking can't because so it's clearly you. actually not Photoshopped. Um, and, uh, you know, lo and behold, that happened. So I, my hope is that we don't have to wait too much longer to talk about it. Hopefully yeah. we'll have something to talk about next week. Colin, would you like to meet your newest best friend? I have to. This segment's called PS I Love This Best Friend XOXO. It's where one of you goes to kindoffunny.com slash forums, posts your PSN name and a little message, and one of you then gets picked every show to get your name read. And then all the people watching or listening, they friend message you, and you get a whole bunch of friends, and you get a whole bunch of messages, and everybody says, uh, kinda, and you respond funny, and then it's, you play games, maybe. This one 
is Emperor Klings or Klingsor. Stupid name. Emperor, all one word, because that's how you say Emperor. And then the next word is K L I N G S O R. All one word, Emperor Klingsor. Long time listener. I'm a dad gamer in my 30s who doesn't have a lot of time to play online games. Still, I would like to have more friends on the network. And would like to shoot the shit about what games we're currently playing. I have every modern console, but I prefer Sony systems. I play my PS4 and Vita almost daily. Favorite games, Dark Souls series, Witcher, Elder Scrolls, Suikoden, Danganronpa, Persona series, Dragon Quest, Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain. So like all single player games, got it. Yeah, he just wants some friends. PSN, Emperor Klingzor. If this jives with you, send me a friend request. You know, the, friend, the, the best friend of the week doesn't have to be somebody who just wants to play I Rocket know, League. I know, but it was just like, you know... Everybody hit up Colin too. Send him a bunch Don't of messages. Send me any, don't send me messages. Everybody hit up Big Kev Dog. Send him a bunch of messages. Uh, Emperor Klingslurs. P.S. I love this best friend XOXO was brought to you by Indochino.com. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Now, Colin, you went away. You went to a wedding. While you were gone, these people, Indochino, sponsored us. What they did is they sent us out. They make suits, Colin. You get suits from these people. You go there. They measure you. They make the suit. It's a custom suit. I got a custom suit coming from these people, Colin. Can you believe it? I mean, I believe it because you're telling me that. And I don't see any reason why you'd lie. I wouldn't lie about the suit, yeah. Indochino is reinventing men's fashion and... A made-to-measure suit is the best suit you will ever own, so suit up. Get a, get a one-of-a-kind made-to-measure suit. Customize the details you want. Pick your lining, lapels, personal monogram, and more. I have a personal monogram in, inside of my jacket. says, at Game Over Greggy. Are you fucking kidding me with this? This is the age we live in. Kevin, what'd you get in yours? Just yell it. At Kind of Funny Kevin. No, it follow. At kind of Funny Kevin is his monogram. He's getting married in it. <laughs> That's an adult decision he's wearing to get married in. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't go wrong with the well-crafted 100% Merino wool suit, I guess. Also, check out their made-to-order measure dress shirts and men's accessories. They have a money-back guarantee. So today, you can get any premium suit for just $3.99. That's up to 50% off at Indochino.com, entering the XOXO at checkout. So that's Indochino.com, XOXO at checkout, and the shipping is free. Uh, There's no reason not to try your first custom-made suit with a deal this good and a suit classic from their premium collection will look good, feel good, and last. Indochino.com, promo code XOXO. Any premium suit for just $3.99 of free shipping, and you can put your Twitter handle inside it, and you can get married in it, because that's what Kevin's doing, apparently. (laughs) Ah, Kevin. Colin, would you like to know about this week's Forgotten PlayStation game? Sure. This one comes from NBZ, and I think you're going to like it. NBZ says, hey, Greg and Colin, my suggestion for this week's Forgotten PlayStation game is Rochard. It was an awesome gravity physics-based puzzle platformer that had cool space setting and a crisp, colorful art style. I recently rewatched Colin's review, and he gave it an admirable 8.5. Thanks, guys. Keep fucking that chicken. Wow, I forgot about that game. That's a really good one. Yeah. Rochard was a lot of fun. Shit, I totally forgot about that. John Rochard Rochard or whatever yeah, his name is. I forgot about that game. That guy, game. Duke Nukem did the voice. Yeah, Rochard, man. Holy shit. Yeah, Ro- I haven't thought about that game at all. Yeah, Rochard's a fun game. So that's a really good one. Good job, NBZ. Everybody try Rochard. Yeah, it's it's well. cute. It's colorful. It's got, a, it's got a lot of style. Moving things around. Trying to take down the bad guys or taking over your space station. I remember that one. Yeah, me too. Time for this uh, week's PSN's worst name of the week. This is where one of you goes to kindoffunny.com slash forums, posts your bad PSN name. This one, I'm, uh, f- I'm allowing it once. For a while, you were all sending in ones you saw. I wasn't. I wanted them personally, but then Annie wrote in. She says she's from Toronto, this, so she wouldn't lie to us. Toronto. Toronto. Annie says, Hello, Colin and Greg. 
Hope you guys are having a lovely afternoon or evening or whatever time of the day as you record this thing. I was unwinding with a few Overwatch matches on Sunday afternoon. My team was kicking ass and I was doing a pretty good job clearing the path for my team as Tracer. I don't know what that means. It was the last 30 seconds of the match and we were inches away from capturing our objective when out of nowhere, a sniper shot takes me out. Luckily, D.Va, a tank, was behind me and we still captured the objective. But what makes death inches away from victory more infuriating is being taken out by a Widowmaker named Anime Dash Tit Dash Lover. Anime Tit Lover killed I, I, Annie I, I, at the I, end there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... I feel like... Have we had Anime Tit Lover pop up I before? I feel like we... Where did I see this? Are you Anime Tit Lover? <laughs> you won't I play multiplayer like games I under your like I did this. When, when could have I have done this, though? Did you do one with Vince? Yeah, maybe. Am I having a dream about Anime Tit Lover? Or did we you do might this? be having Anime Tit I don't know. I didn't watch the Vince episode. Yeah, I remember you saying... Kevin says he... Kevin's talking. He's saying right. he picked it off. It with the same intro, Kevin says anime tit lover is him. I mean, if, I'm, if I'm listening to Kevin correctly, he know. says he's anime tit lover. I'm too, I'm too tired to know what the hell's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO episode 50. Thank you for watching or listening. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO is a product of kindoffunny.com. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, and it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, rain or shine. So please go to kindoffunny.com. Support both youtube channels support all the other podcasts follow kevin on snapchat because apparently that matters and be good people to each other and play games and make sure you tweet at shuhei that you'd like to change your name one day and of course let geo corsi know that he should continue to support the playstation vita then hit up john drake and just tell him he's he smells just say that straight to his face Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shuhei. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM, the M is for music, and gives me an MP3 for your song and a YouTube link for your song. It's a song you've created. You're in the band. You're not just picking the Gin Blossoms and telling me to listen to them because I know the Gin Blossoms are great. What I do then is take your MP3, put it at the end of our MP3, or take your YouTube video and annotate it at the end of our YouTube video. Today's song comes from Will Powell. Will Powell writes in and says, Hello, God. Colin and Greg. Hello. Hello from the UK where I live now, oi. But I'm actually a transplant from the San Jose slash San Francisco area. Been a listener for many years of beyond and day one since Kind of Funny launched. Thank you very much. Thanks for your years of service to the craft. On to the topic at hand. I am the singer and multi-instrumentalist for the band A Rocket Complex. Similar to Rocket, Rocket, Rocket. We are a two-piece band, me and a drummer, based on the south coast of the UK. And we play... Like local H. Like who? Local H. Remember that? that, that band? I remember the name, but I don't, what's, give me some of their songs. Bound to the Four. It does sound, that song it does sound familiar. Yeah. That does sound They're familiar. from Chicago, I think. Uh, that would explain why I know them even more. Okay. Uh, and, we, and we play a happy combination of alternative and pop rock. So far, we've done mostly everything ourselves here at ARC. ARC. Do you know what that is? I don't know what that means. All right. From the writing, recording, artwork, and filming the music videos, all from our little home studio, and it's just the two of us, barring a little help with the mixing here and there. We've had a real get-up-and-go attitude with our work so far, and now, after years of efforts, the fruits of our labor are paying off. Our music video for our song, You Are Here, is out today and, we, and, and will be streamable when our new four-track EP, A Wayward Constant, drops on September 23rd. The EP will be available on most online music stores to stream and purchase. The song is heavily, heavily themed around maps, travel, and movement, but has a deeper meaning underneath. 
In the music video, we carry around a You Are Here giant or style giant map pin to lots of different locations, which the words on it change as the song goes along. We'd like to submit it for this thing. Uh, you'll definitely want to stick around for the EP. One of the other tracks from the EP is a song about sex, but written from, written from American football terms and references. There you go, Carl. You'll be able to understand sex. I think it's funny. Kinda. Winky emoticon. Uh, you can follow the band in mo on the most social media at, at a rocket complex. A rocket complex. If you do end up liking the song and want to hear more, thanks for all you do for the PlayStation Nation and keep up the great work. Will. Long letter, Will, but I appreciate all the background. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a rocket complex with You Are Here. This has been our 50th episode. We thank you for the support. And until next time, it's been our pleasure, sir. And people must follow their own path. Now you are here. I'm not looking back. Hurt you to know I don't care All your evil words are flying through the air When you're stuck on an island with no way back When you're so isolated 